Welcome into Teachers by Day, the podcast by teachers where we talk about life and all of its craziness outside of the classroom, offering our unique perspective. This is episode 19. I am your host, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us. I am joined, as always, by my fellow bro teacher, Lance. Lance, as we record this, we're about halfway, a little bit over halfway through uh, our summer break right now. What letter grade would you give your summer break thus far in the theme of teaching? Since we probably haven't graded anything in a little while. It has been a minute, but what a blessing that's been, right? Um, honestly, this summer's been pretty great. You know, I went on vacation with my wife. Um, I've said before, I have a two-year-old, so I got, I'm spending every day with her. We're doing a bunch of activities. She's in gymnastics. We go to the library. We try to do anything we can. The only real negative that's been so far this summer, and I don't know if it's just me. You can confirm this with me. This seems like the hottest summer so far that we have dealt with in a long time down here. Yeah, I think last summer got hot, but it was like two weeks past now when it started to get like crazy hot. Yeah. And it's been this hot for like the previous two weeks. So I'm, I mean, obviously July and August here are the worst. I'm thinking like, will everyone become Meltman from, uh, what's that show we watched as kids? Action League Action, Now. Action League Now. Will we all become Meltman by mid to yes. late July? So uh, I'll give it that I'll give it an A minus for right now, just because of that. Um, 113 on the heat index is not anything that anyone needs at any time in their life. But here we are. What about you, Jeff? Where do you get what do you get so far? I'll give mine an A minus as well. The wife and I already took one vacation. We went to Denver, Colorado. We are going to uh, Mexico with some couple friends of ours this next weekend. So getting all the vacationing out of the way and. Maybe this is good. Maybe it's bad. But I got like all of my must do things done for the summer off my to do list in like the first two weeks. So I have really got to relax these past few weeks. But also now, you know, I kind of go a little stir crazy if I don't have anything to do. So I'm sort of trying to figure out what to do with my days. Yeah, you're, you're me. Because I'm the same way where I made my list of things I need to accomplish this summer. And then um, I got them done basically within like the first 10 days. I think of summer. I almost texted yeah. you the other day just to ask you like how bad it's getting because I found myself <laughs> in the bathroom cleaning the grout in the tile with a there brush. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sort of like COVID again, where it was like, all right, let me just, I'm, we're going to like obsess over things that are really mundane. But at least here, you and I channel this into some, I feel like the, we're productive usually. Yeah. We're not like collecting bottle caps, you know? Yeah. It, it's no bad. That, it's bad on certain days though, but. <laughs> I'm glad that we get stuff done, and I'm with you. I'm relaxing. I'm actually, last summer, I don't think I did it all, but I'm actually sitting and, like, watching TV sometimes and watching shows. <laughs> I might get into this in a future pod episode, but I am really into uh, Guy Fieri right now. I'm all over Guy's okay. Grocery Games on Max and okay. Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives is actually what I <clears throat> watch while I'm on the treadmill because as these people consume 6,000 calorie meals, I feel like I'm being twice as productive while I'm running. It's not a bad show. I'm, I feel like he gets a lot of hate that he doesn't deserve just because he dresses that way. But I, I still don't get why he looks the way he looks, but that's fine. <laughs> it's whatever. But he also has another show. Or he did he used to where it was like Guy's Backyard or something, and it was just him cooking at his house. And, of course, it was like okay. amazing looking, but – yeah, his uh, his mom has come on Guys Groceries game a few times, and she's fun. So I wonder if she would be on that show at all. Did you? Uh, are you a Chopped guy? We haven't got into Chopped. No. Okay. Although my wife loves the cooking, like 
game shows because she's kind of like a foodie. So she'll be like, I would make this in that situation. And if that's how Chopped is, I think she might get into it. Chopped is insanely good. You guys need to watch it because they give them the most random items and they're like, make an entree out of this. It's like, what? I don't even know what that is. I've never even heard of that. Now, on Chopped, are they like amateur chefs? Because in Guy's Grocery Games, okay. Let me know if this is how Chopped is. On Guy's Grocery Games, the guys he gets aren't like Michelin restaurant chefs, but they're anywhere from like personal chefs and nutritionists to like people that own food trucks or have like small restaurants. No, these are all usually (laughs) either executive chefs or like right underneath it. These guys are pretty high up in their the profession and if you watch certain episodes they have different themes for each one of them like sometimes it's they'll have like a halloween theme and like everything's like scary so like oh, the appetizer cool. someone has to use like a cow eyeball to make something with it and <laughs> but check out chopped right. and then uh beat bobby flay not to keep going on this tangent about food network shows but beat bobby flay is really good too what are these streaming these are fox shows right i'm trying to think what service they're on i don't know i I honestly haven't watched them since we cut cable, but Beat Bobby Flay used to be a, a, up there for me. I loved it. All right. I will definitely have to check them out because we're on a big uh, cooking show kick right now. All right. Well, here on Teachers by Day, we start every episode off with our lesson plan. As teachers, of course, this is the most important thing when we come in for the day for our students. Our lesson plan topic is usually a list of some sort that Lance and I put together. You will notice a theme if you go back to our older episodes as children of the 90s we do a lot of 90s nostalgia but really it's just anything that we feel like is fun or outside of the box that we want to count down this week lance had a great idea we are doing our uh, top three things that every 90s sleepover needed to have so again lance and i were in our prime growing up in the 90s and there are some core essentials or core components that every fun summer sleepover had to include So, Lance, before we get into our list, two questions for you. Number one, what brought about this inspiration for you as far as a topic for our lesson plan? And as always, is your list in any particular order? All right. To answer the first question, not to list a particular store because it is on your list, but I saw something about a particular store and it made me have a little flashback to these sleepovers from the 90s. And I thought about Man, those were really good times, simple times. We've talked about it many times on here before about just how simple and everything, because this is pre-cell phone, how awesome it was to be able to do this stuff. So I started thinking about the sleepover and I started thinking about what all did I do? And I was wondering if that was the same as like every other kid that was in the night or if I was just unique. And then when I actually started Googling some of this stuff, no, we were all the same, but we just thought we were uniquely yeah. different at the time. And two... <laughs> No, my list is not in any particular order. I just threw stuff together, as always. Yeah, looking at your list, I mean, when I took my three, I was like, I hope I'm not, like, stealing any of his thunder because, yes, everything on your list was also 100% a part of my list. And especially for your number two, there's a crazy throwback. (laughs) Not a crazy throwback, but a a particular channel that I don't know if you remember, but I want to bring it up to you because it's super nostalgia for me. So, all right, Lance, what is the first thing that every 90s sleepover had to include? All right. So there has to be some type of snackage that's taking place while you're there. And the debate always comes down to, and I'll throw it to you, which of these was your preference? For me at the time, it was always between bagel bites and pizza rolls. Those were like the go-to frozen foods that we had to have in order to just munch on while we were doing whatever during the time. Now, I will say I 
leaned more towards the bagel bites personally i liked the little metallic lid thing that you would fold <laughs> under and then place that them in probably the microwave. didn't work but we were convinced it did <laughs> i don't know it worked on the hot pockets didn't it uh, <laughs> but yes i loved me a good bagel bite but i loved them cooked to the point where the edges were turning black yeah i like a crisp crust on those uh, i never got into the pizza rolls because they were basically like eating lava uh, if you don't bite the corners off of those things, it's going to oh be like spilling molten onto your tongue. I saw a tweet one time and nothing uh, encapsulates this more than biting into a hot pizza roll and it's boiling lava hot and scalds your mouth. And it said, when your food is done cooking, do you wait for it to cool down or do you just eat it and hush, 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 hush? Exactly. And that's that's a pizza roll. I think pizza rolls like objectively tasted better than bagel bites but there was no way to eat them you had such a small window it's like if you get coffee in a like not without a lid there's like a 30 second period where it's the perfect temperature otherwise it's too scalding hot to drink and then it's just too cold mm -hmm. to to consume so i'd probably have to go bagel bites as well plus i feel like bagel bites had more variety than mm -hmm. pizza rolls do you remember nice. the do you remember the bagel bites jingle when when you say it, I probably will, but no, I'm not off the top of my head. It's, just, it's it's like the most '90s slogan mantra that there could be, and that like someone pitched this at a marketing meeting, and someone was like, "Tim, you nailed it, you nailed it." But it was <laughs> that's lunch. <laughs> bagel in the morning, bagel in the evening, bagel at supper time. When pizza's on a bagel, you can you have can pizza anytime. Pizza anytime. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> bagel in the morning, bagel in the evening. I can't remember that now. So do you remember the only reason I thought of this is because the jingle sounds familiar. Do you remember the, the candy called Wonder Balls? No. It was like a chocolate, like hollowed out. Oh yes. But with they, the toy then, on the inside. Yes. And on the inside, yeah, you know, you'd always get like either like a sticker or like some maybe like a ring, some like small collectible. Mm -hmm. And they always would theme them based on like current pop culture things. So, like when Lion King came out, I remember they had a crossover where like you could mm -hmm. get like a Lion King toy on the inside. And their slogan sounds similar to Bagel Bites. It goes, oh, I wonder, 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 what's in a wonder ball? <laughs> I do remember that. Now that you know what the surprise is, a wonder ball can hide. There's probably like three versions of it. I will spare our <laughs> listeners any further torture. But yes, to further the point, Bagel Bites for snackage, you have to have that. So a fuel. I could have thrown in here that you had to have Mountain Dew with it, but oh, God, another time. You know what I never got into? And this was maybe like early aughts more than the 90s. But the upset, I mean, it was in a cultural obsession over Mountain Dew Code Red. Uh, actually, I did like it. I'm not going to lie. Really? OK, yeah. I, I could not get around on that one. But that was one of those things that just took the nation by storm. I, I will say I liked Baja Blast more. But you could only get that at Taco Bell back in the day. <laughs> That's true. They, they had like some weird deal. Like you're not going to sell this outside of a Taco Bell, right? Mountain Dew is like we would never. Well, now I saw I saw it in the grocery store the other day, a 12 pack of it. And it was like it had the Taco Bell logo on it. With the <laughs> the, what a weird <laughs> partnership. I like that is so bizarre to me. It's fine. It works. All right, Jeff, what's your uh, numero uno? Our mind sort of ties into yours, but I don't think there's anything more quintessential. Like if we were to do a word association game and I just were to say 90s, I think one of the first things anyone might say would just be blockbuster in here. Like reflexively, that's what you think of. It was a, it, a staple. It was a part of a basically like a 
way to consume media that is defunct now. And it's almost like a legend when we tell kids about video stores. But uh, Lance, one of the coolest parts, and this is sort of pre-sleepover, but it definitely set the tone, was the blockbuster run. So let's say you're spending the night at your friend's house. His mom or maybe like an older sibling or dad or somebody would take you guys to Blockbuster, where, again, the coolest part of this experience was not having a plan and just sort of traversing the store and the different aisles. Like, what are we going to get? Who knows? Um, and the cool part here was you brought this up pre-pod. When the N64 was out, which is a huge, it's, I'm going to mention a little bit later on my list, but you could rent games in addition to movies. So you would, we would usually leave there with like four or five things. And of course that would set the night. What movies are we going to watch? What games are we going to play? And then uh, obviously what snacks are we going to get? So this is really setting the tone for the entertainment for the rest of the night and the sleepover. And I'm sure you can appreciate a good blockbuster run as much as anybody. Yeah, it was always a good time. Um, I always think it was kind of like you let Blockbuster speak to you about what <laughs> what it needed to give you for the night. You close uh, your eyes. You Tell me, dear Blockbuster. It was just always cool because you would see like what Blockbuster was trying to push. Like if a new movie came out, they had like 40 copies of it right in Dude, front of your like face. Like an when entire you in. wall. Yeah. Uh, but then like as it starts to dwindle down, it would go down and down and down to where there was like one copy of it. And you're like, if you got that one copy, you felt so oh yes (laughs) i do remember the pressure though like especially if 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 it was at my house then it was on me obviously but if we were like at a friend's house because new releases you had to return the next day Mm -hmm. and so sometimes their parents would be like dude i don't want to bring this back to blockbuster tomorrow so no (laughs) we're not gonna rent tomorrow never dies because it's it's still we're like come on (laughs) i i also remember at least at mine it might have been all of them but they had a back in the day called the the WWF section and they had all of the old like wrestling oh, pay-per-views that. that you could watch on VHS and I was like wow oh. I'd always and geek see, out the, the cool thing about that is like that this was pre like you could not just find it on the internet you know it's right. not like well why don't you just YouTube it like because that wasn't a thing bro like if you wanted to to know unless you were getting like wrestling magazines you probably might not even uh I, mean, I guess they would show like highlights a little bit on like the mm-hmm like the Monday Nitro and all that. But um, yeah, if you were to actually see it, they had like, they were trying to like sell it to you, like a big explosive letter on the front of the box, like Bam Bam Bigelow versus Shawn Michaels in a ladder match. And you're like, oh my God, I have to watch this now. Like, That's pretty sick. I don't have any other choice, but uh, yeah, I, I loved a good blockbuster run. That was like a every Friday, almost turn of events. You had to get your stuff for the weekend, make sure you brought it back by Sunday and then, carry on the next week definitely a good tone setter for the sleepover all right lance what is your number two thing that a 90s sleepover had to have all right so again this is pre-cell phone pre all this amazing technology but i put do-it-yourself shows and infomercials um (laughs) my parents had an old camera that i'm pretty sure they probably got as a wedding present back in the day um it was you could record on it but there wasn't a lot of editing functions or anything like that. And then you had to hook it up with like RCA cables to the TV in order to watch it. Um, so my friends and my brother, we would always record like we would do shows. Um, so I had a ventriloquist dummy and my brother had a ventriloquist dummy that were actually lions. And one's name was Sean and one's name was Rocky. And we would do the Sean and Rocky show where we would record ourselves <laughs> talking with them and doing things um and then we'd also do like infomercials because that was huge 
back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Um, but there was one, tell me if you remember this one, but it was called the ab belt. Do you remember that? Ab yes. Belt? It would like vibrate your abs. Yeah. It was in supposed theory, to get you could get a six pack without ever working out. Yeah. So it was basically a belt that just like vibrated on your tummy and you'd get ripped just by wearing it. And we did a, we pitched an infomercial for the ab belt and it was literally like an elastic waistband and a CD case that we just like put on the front <laughs> of someone. <laughs> And uh, I just remember those very distinctly doing things like that. Um, I remember course, them having, they always had like countdowns, like call now. And it'd be like, how do they know when their commercials are airing? Exactly. Back? Well, and <clears throat> even present day, they still do them. They just come on at weird times. Like when mm-hmm. I go to the gym at five in the morning, there's like an infomercial on and it's the same one every time. Well, same two. There's one for, I guess they know their market, <laughs> but it, there's one for men's prostate medicine. And there's one for like a painting, like a spray gun for painting. <laughs> like, yeah, I've seen. I do love how like the product that they want you or that they're touting as inferior. Why you need to buy theirs. They always show that one being used in black and white. Mm-hmm. And the person like there's one for the doesn't crinkle hose that you've probably seen. Yep. And the black and white version, this person's like, oh, this is the most inconvenient thing of my they're life. Just <sighs> shrugging their shoulders and. <laughs> And then it turns to color, and you see the product that, oh, that's what I need. Obviously, we've lost Billy Mays, so he was kind of like the king of this. He had the knife that could cut the quarter, which, of course, is something we always need to do in our day-to-day activities. He had a a show. Do you remember this? He had a show where he— 700 Club? Was that what he was on? No, uh, he— There was a show—I can't remember what it was called. I'm going to have to look this up after pod. Um, But basically, people would bring their products to him, kind of like— pre shark tank mm-hmm. and if he liked the product he would do the infomercial for that product that is sick right like i mean if you got his stamp of approval that's like you know exactly exactly like he is the king of the king for that so i just remember seeing that back in the day didn't he also have the spray that would like fix uh it was basically like um like a caulk but it was like in a can he did. Uh, he had like a boat that he like punched mm-hmm. a hole in, and then he sprayed it with this spray, and it like. I don't think that was Billy Mays. That was the other guy. Billy Mays light lettuce wrap. <laughs> Billy Mays. I always think of Billy Mays with OxyClean. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's like what's turned into my brain. Okay, this show was called Pitchman. It only lasted two seasons. I love uh, that though. But yeah, it was. You would pitch to yeah Billy Mays, and if they liked it, they would. And so he, he, and the sh- they're not trying to get Billy Mays to invest. They just want to get him to like uh, promote their product. Yeah, basically. just do the commercial. That's pretty cool. Uh, I guess, oh, it, it, the, well, the reason the show ended is because he passed away. So I'm going to look that up. I'm wondering if that could have kept going. But I'm curious to see uh, when did he die? Because I'm wondering like the time period, what some of the products would have been. Like, 2009. Okay, that's actually way later than I thought. Interesting. Pitchman. Mm-hmm. It's on my list. <clears throat> All right, uh, Lance. Oh, last thing about do-it-yourself and infomercials. Do you remember the TV Guide channel? Yeah, would come on. So this yeah. was before, like, I don't even know the technical term for this now, but like before, you you had like access to it, an interactive guide mm-hmm. with your different channels, and you literally just had to like scroll up and down trying to find something. And on the TV Guide channel, it would. It was just like an interactive graphic that would scroll through the channels. And if you missed the channel that you wanted to look for, it was like four or five minutes before it would come back around. 
which was really annoying. But I remember on this channel, in like the upper probably third of the screen, they would just perpetually play infomercials nonstop. So that was like we would have that channel on like a lot of times just because like to see what was coming up. <laughs> just understand what's yeah. Well, before we move on to the next one, did you ever see was it only came on at like two o'clock in the morning, but it was the knife show. Was it, was it just called the knife show or it was, was called the like, knife show? No, I but it was like a, so. it was like an hour long infomercial and it was just this guy selling like knives. And <laughs> but but he would be like, if you buy this 70 piece knife set for one hundred dollars tonight only, you get the three piece katana set. And he would what? buy like katanas. I'm like, <laughs> where did those come from? <laughs> I need a katana. I'm in the market for one. Who is this for? The Jackhawk 5000. Who at 2 in the morning is like, I do need that. Yeah, those people should be like on some sort of watch list if you're buying katanas at 3 in the morning. <laughs> in bulk. That's what it is. It's just the FBI tapping the line. Just like, yeah. <laughs> concerning. <laughs> My katanas never came. That's because they're not real, sir. My God. All this right. was a sting. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to this next one, Jeff. Pitch it off for us. All right, well, I think the, fir the first thing that we do need to say about a, a sleepover in the 90s is that there's a, a non-zero chance that there's actually going to be no sleeping taking place. Um, several times, I can admit, I our goal was to stay up all night, and we did. So it effectively like ruins your weekend in that regard, mm -hmm. but also it's the highlight of your weekend. And I can distinctly remember um, one of the first, if not the first all-nighter that I pulled in my life at a sleepover was a direct result of some Nintendo 64 games that some of my friends and I had rented at Blockbuster in my aforementioned uh, pre-sleepover Blockbuster run. And those two games specifically were Mario Kart 64 and then Mortal Kombat. I think it was the first one, but I could be wrong. And our goal, and this is why we didn't go to bed all night, was we had to defeat all of the combatants in Mortal Kombat. So if you ever played the game, mm -hmm. you basically like move up a totem pole of opponents getting more and more difficult as you go. And we said we weren't going to go to sleep until we beat it. And we stayed up all night and did not accomplish our goal. <laughs> but for breaks, because, you know, it's a button masher game, it, it can get a little exhausting. We would play Mario Kart. And I can remember probably like five in the morning, 12-year-old Jeff having had no sleep, we played a race on Rainbow Road, and I had, like, because of the visuals of it and my exhaustion, I had, like, an out-of-body experience. It was <laughs> it was a really bizarre—I was like, guys, I think I need to go to bed. <laughs> I'm not feeling too well. Um, and then another one that I listed, obviously, an N64 staple is Goldeneye, which if you had, like, four people at a sleepover, that one was really fun to play. I'm sure you have some memories of at least a few of these games as well. Absolutely. Um, Goldeneye being— the biggest one, uh, also playing like Legend of Zelda. Oh, yeah. And then one that you didn't mention. Well, actually, I'm going to bring up this article first. Um, I don't know if you are on the Instagram, but I follow a page on Instagram called Only 90 Kids Know. And oh. they just post nothing but nostalgia or like That's rankings sick. of like 90s things. So like the other day they posted like the top 10 90s dads for sitcoms. Oh, nice. Which they put Alan Matthews as 10, and I'm going to have to rebuttal Whoa. that another time. Um, but anyway, the other day they posted the 10 best N64 games. So I want to run through this one and tell me if you agree or disagree with this. Oh. I'll go through it quickly. All right. Number 10, they had Star Fox 64. Okay. 
Number nine, they had 1080 snowboarding. Overrated, but I guess that's the list. Eight was Doom. Okay. Seven was Wave Race. I did like Wave Race. That was yeah, fun. Wave Race was fun. Six probably would be my number one. WCW versus NWO Revenge. Oh, God. Get me started. Yeah, that'd be top three for me for sure. Uh, number five was Perfect Dark. Not four, in my top ten, but okay. Four, Mario Kart. Yeah. Three, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Okay. Two, Super Mario. And then, of course, number one is Goldeneye. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a really controversial list to put together because a lot of people have some strong feelings about it. <clears throat> I guess depending on the time period, maybe Super Smash Brothers would be on there, maybe Banjo Kazooie. Mm-hmm. But that's yep. a pretty solid list, I gotta say. Was it uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day? Oh yeah, the, that's a good one. The Donkey Kong game, like that one was really good. You know, Diddy Kong Racing is pretty fun too. I know it's it basically is. like a Mario Kart ripoff, but you, there's you get to fight or race in planes and uh, those little like. Hovercrafts, which are kind of fun. Yeah. But yeah, Goldeneye, I don't think anyone's going to rebuttal against that one. That game was just ahead of its time. The only one on there that I have like no familiarity with is Perfect Dark. Did you ever play that? Uh, It was a first person shooter. Um, It was Was just more stealthy, like Rainbow Six. Yeah, it was a little bit more advanced than like Goldeneye was, but. Yeah, I always struggled with the games where you had to like sneak around. I was like, I kind of just want to like run into the room and fight everyone <laughs> yep. as opposed to like duck around corners. You want me to have a strategy here. That's not going to happen. Right. I'm There's A and B button and that's all I'm planning on mashing here. I will say uh, I have the N64 upstairs at my house um, and we have it in like little storage bins under our TV stand. And every day my daughter has been getting that storage bin out and holding the N64 controller. And I'm like, one day, girl. <laughs> one day it's gonna happen it is like i think one of the best controllers it just it just works and i know yeah. it's weird because 90 percent of the time you aren't using the left side of it mm-hmm. but still ergon- ergonomically remember what they tried with the gamecube controller it looked yes. like a 3d printer almost didn't get to finish printing it or something <laughs> it was just really bizarre i didn't yeah anytime that you have buttons on the same side of the controller but they're all different sizes and shapes it's not going to end well. No, it's weird. I did enjoy the N64 controller. As weird as it was, it worked. And I think we've talked multiple times about in Mario Party, the games where we'd have to rotate the joystick, how we would put the palm of our hand on it and rotate it. And as a result, I have at least two controllers now that like the joystick doesn't set properly now. It's like, yep, basically worn out. It was a, it's a loose stick. And I remember I actually, from playing uh, Mario Party, got blisters on my hand yes. from rotating it so much because oh, every I, uh, game every I game broke, i would be bleeding yeah <laughs> that's when my mom was like all right you guys need to go outside if you're bleeding from playing video games <laughs> this is next level all right lance what is the last key ingredient at your 90s sleepover all right so jeff touched on this just a second ago that most of the time sleeping wasn't an option it was you were going to stay up on it but if you did choose to sleep, I always felt like you could never sleep in a normal situation like you'd normally would. Like, it wouldn't just be like, oh, I'm going to go to bed and I'm just going to go get in my bed. Like, I had bunk beds in my room and they still weren't used, even if I had someone over. It's like they would come <laughs> Why over would and like, one of us is sleeping on the floor and one of us is asleep in a recliner for some reason. Or, or like beanbag chairs right. or something. You make like a pillow fort. We had these chairs that you could 
unfold and they would turn into like little beds we would like put two of those together and like put a blanket over it and make a tent in the game room and we'd just play n64 until we passed out like that's sick it just it you never slept in a bed you never slept like human if you had a sleepover you had to sleep in the weirdest position now you and i talk about this now in our 30s if my pillow isn't fluffed the right way anymore, I wake up and I can't turn my head to the left for a week. I'm out for a week, yeah. And I need a cortisone shot. I think about me sleeping in a recliner back in the day, sitting upright, <laughs> not even reclined, just sitting upright with my feet propped. I don't know how we ever did it, but no. Or a lot of times I would just be like in a sleeping bag on the floor. And even just the thought of that now, my back is aching. <laughs> yeah, it's like when we've talked about this. People that go camping, why? What's the nest? Why? Um, just to I, torture yourself by sleeping on like with just a thin layer of plastic between you and the earth. I, I have a job so I can sleep in my bed. Humans have evolved. <laughs> That's how we are as humans. Like we've evolved past that, but we're like, I kind of just want to go back out there and rough it. No. If you're if you're a big camper, good for you. I just the appeal is lost on me. No. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna leave my house, get in my car. And drive somewhere to sleep on the dirt. No. Correct. And usually pay for it, too. Like, if it's Ugh. like a campground. Mm -mm. Like, you're charging me to sleep outside? Are you going to cook in an oven? No, I'm going to cook over a fire. Genius. Genius. <laughs> so, yes, that was my conclusion to my list. Unusual sleeping arrangements. Always a necessity. Yes, absolutely. Jeff, what's the last thing on yours? All right, my last one. This, this really came about as more of like a popular thing to do at sleepovers uh probably more like middle school um and that is the prank phone calls so this is before obviously the advent of caller id my friends and i sometimes we would record them because we thought we were so hilarious but we would get out the yellow pages and we would just find like businesses to call like i remember one time we called mary maids which is like a house cleaning service. Mm -hmm. And we asked them to describe uh, the jolliness level of some of their different maids because we wanted to hire the most merry of them. That's how funny <laughs> we thought we were, Lance. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 33 phone... and I think it's pretty good right now. Yeah. <laughs> the woman and basically would just be like, how long before the person on the other end of the line goes, is this a prank call? And every time we'd be like, yes, it is, ma'am. <laughs> um, you caught us. Right. So this would usually last like 30 minutes because you'd get bored of it pretty fast, but it was just something stupid and at least in our case, harmless to do with our friends. Yeah. Now, sometimes we would get in trouble, like the place would call back and if like the house we were staying at's parents answered, they'd be like, they did what? It wasn't us. But, I don't know what you're talking about. Man. Right. Dad, I would never call Mary Maids and ask them that. What did they say we said though? Um, yeah, it was just like a fun, stupid thing to do as kids, as opposed to like going out and getting in trouble, which oftentimes we did as well. But this was like our rebellious act that we would do where we just thought we were so hilarious. I think for kids in basically from what, maybe 28 to 35, 40, that's probably like a rite of passage thing for us that yeah. you had to make a prank call at least once. Like, right. Yeah, that's the thing. We would make everybody do one. So like, you know, even the, the most shy and introverted, like, just come on, call, prank go call one. Some. Go one. Worst case, you know, another one we would do, and this is like um, ultimate anti-humor, but we would call like Kenmore or Maytag, and you know the classic, is your refrigerator running? I want to go catch it. Well, we would ask the setup, is your refrigerator running? 
And then when they would, would they would say inherently, oh, let me guess, I need to go catch it. We would say, no, actually, we're just uh, calling to check up on the G6100 model. We want to make sure that they're still operating properly. So thank you. <laughs> it's the reverse oh, oh. joke there. She is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we zig when you think we're going to zag. <laughs> That's the humor. But the person on the other end would be like, oh, well, uh, thank you for checking. Yes, the model's running fine. I believe the ice maker works properly. And All right, good. Thank you. Love it. All right, Lance, anything else before we move on from our 90s sleepover essential list? I think makes me miss my youth, um, and certainly during the summers, you know, I always think about some of the fun sleepovers we had, but it really is a good slice of life from the 90s, what we would do uh, with our friends on these summer night sleepovers. No, just like we always talk about, it's just the something that is never going to come back, because now I feel like when kids get together for like, hangouts and just say each other's house, they're glued to their phone most of the night, or... I don't know. It's just not the same. Yeah. Not to sound like that guy, but I know not, not to be like the yell at my cloud. Every generation obviously is like particular to their sleepovers. Like I'm sure people from like the, the eighties were like, well, we would be out with our leather jackets, listening to a tracks while you guys were, you know, so everyone's partial to their decade, but uh, the nineties, I mean, it's just such a definable decade. And like, so, it's so definitive when I, I mean, every decade has their own unique thing about it, but man, like, to me, the 90s, obviously, because we grew up in it, but it's like there are so many staples that are so inherently like stand out for me for that decade that it's so fun to think about like the stuff we did growing up. <laughs> All right. The last part of our podcast is our exit ticket, where Lance and I share our favorite thing that we found in the world this past week, usually some sort of Internet deep dive, a TikTok, some uh, I think today we actually both have BuzzFeed articles. So just something that we found that we wanted to bring up before we let you guys go. Lance, uh, the link that you put on here, I think the headline says it all. What did you find this week that you want to share as your exit ticket? So we talked about it previously about how like BuzzFeed is kind of like a, it's a hot and cold type thing. Sometimes they have absolutely great, funny things. It's a good conglomerate of like tweets and stuff like that that are pretty entertaining. And then sometimes they do these like stupid polls. So I decided and I found one of the stupid polls. So I'm going to have Jeff do the stupid poll. And this one is, and I don't even know, I feel like they take two different sticky notes and they just blindly grab them and they're like, how can we make these two things go together? So this one is, this Marvel hero quiz will reveal what kind of coffee you really are. So Jeff, we're going to find out what kind of coffee you are. Yeah, I just went through and and I guess you could, say I answered the quote unquote questions, but basically what it did is five different times. It gives you four Marvel superheroes to choose from. And the only prompt it gives you is pick one. Yep. That's, that's all you need to know. Right. <laughs> so I finished and Lance, I'm a little disappointed with my answer here. What, does it what say kind of coffee I am? It says I'm black coffee. You are kind of an interesting person. You're very old school and love the classics. You will find the best of every situation and always have a popping bright mind. Just sounds like kind of boring. I feel like I just completed mine, and I am also disappointed because I should have been yours. Black coffee is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a latte. It says you are a very knowing person. You don't like when something overpowers something else, and like to have everything balanced. You are a bit stubborn, but you give great advice and opinions. I will say I've only had a latte one time in my life. Stephen yeah. and I went and got one. Shout out Stephen. But we went to a what place and got lattes and. It was disgusting. I was going to say so much. The description <laughs> sounds like you, but that one doesn't match what I would pair with a latte. No. 
Lattes shouldn't exist. Warm but also, milk shouldn't exist. <laughs> Just the title of this BuzzFeed article, it, again, like you said, feels like AI generated it by just taking like some random inputs. Mm-hmm. Like the Marvel hero you are tells what kind of coffee or you are. It's like, a, what? I was going to do a really good one. And it was people don't understand about seasonings uh, that I saw on, on BuzzFeed as well. And it was just a bunch of people that uh, went to Chipotle. And when they got their beans the or beans, or I can't remember which one, but it had the bay leaf in there that they cook it with. And they were mm-hmm. like, I found this leaf in my food, Chipotle. When do I get free one? Like oh they were all God. complaining about it. I'm like, you guys understand like, <sighs> that's, that's, I would be so embarrassed it's flavor, but you know, whatever. A, I found a leaf in my beans. <laughs> you poor sir. All right, Jeff. So what's your BuzzFeed? Actually, I read through this article before last night and I'm excited to hear your thoughts about this. One. Yeah, I think I've done something kind of similar to this before, but um, you know, you can do this with pretty much an endless amount of people. And it is uh, a Buzzfeed list of the best and worst celebrity encounters that people have had and that they share. And I will say this with the caveat of Lance, you and I have talked a lot about how, like, why anyone would want to be a celebrity, I don't understand. I mean, every time you leave your house, there's people in your face wanting to take a picture of you. And if you lose your patience just one time in one of those encounters, that's probably the only time ever that that person will interact with you. Mm -hmm. So inherently then they're like, well, Lance is a jerk because the one time I saw him, he was with his daughter at the grocery store buying papayas and I got up in his face with a camera and he was rude to me. So he's just a jerk forever. Yeah. I agree. I, I think it's a little, yeah, they base their opinion off of one time and there's no telling what's going on in these people's lives. And I don't, I wouldn't want to have to cover up or wear sunglasses or a hat or whatever. Every time I go to the store, like God, I would still like my privacy a little bit, but, um, but go ahead. Sorry. Talk about more. Yeah. So I'm going to share one good celebrity encounter that I d- will definitely not surprise you. And then one yeah. bad one on this list that I don't think will surprise you either. That's actually what I was going to ask you was looking over. There's 28 celebrities that are listed on here and I read through it and I have to say, I wasn't surprised necessarily. I know. Anyone, which is not weird, good or bad, but. Well, I think the weirder part of that is like all of these people have teams of people that their job is to handle their PR. Mm-hmm. And based on these interactions, there's those teams are not fooling us. Yeah. <laughs> like all the work that they do, we still have them pegged uh, pretty well. All right. So the best celebrity encounter that I'm going to share today is someone that Lance and I are huge fans of. And that is our man, Harry Styles. Uh, seemingly endless amounts of talent in any possible way you can imagine it. And this is what the person said. They said, quote, Harry Styles is truly a pure human being. I went to one of his concerts and was lucky enough to see him just as he was getting in his car to leave. I freaked out, but didn't say anything. There was distance between us, which I just thought that was funny. Like, okay, good. You weren't like on his lap. But he actually saw me. Pretty sure he came over to make sure I wouldn't pass out from excitement. But when I calmed down, we talked for a bit. I told him it was my birthday and he congratulated me, which is funny. Congrats on being alive. Uh, I told him about how he saved my life and he just went quiet and hugged me, chatted a bit more, got a picture and said goodbye. Best day of my life. I mean, Good again, not surprised by it. He seems like he's such a genuine dude. And a dude that like, again, has every type of talent. He can act. He can obviously sing. He's great looking. He has, you know, like a fashion an eye for fashion things like that good businessman does it all 
All right, the worst. <laughs> this will not surprise you, I don't think. Jared Leto, or Jared Leto, as some call it. Mm-hmm. This is uh, from someone whose Reddit name is Lowdown. They said, quote, Jared Leto is an absolute nightmare. He's such a diva and such a creep. He draws attention to himself in public, then rebuffs his fans when they approach him. I've never been a big fan of his band. I think they suck, too. 30 Seconds to Mars. They do suck. But I absolutely cannot stand him and make sure I'm never working any events that he will be at. My favorite Jared Leto story, maybe not favorite, but like the one that shows how detached he is from reality, is when the COVID-19 pandemic started. He was on a spiritual retreat in like the Mojave Desert, and he didn't mm-hmm. actually know COVID was a thing until like 10 days after uh, people had started to quarantine. Yeah. At least according to his team. And that was when the rumors started, which again, I wouldn't be surprised of that he was actually a cult leader. And that's why he was there. I'd be shocked if he wasn't a cult leader at this right. point. Like, he just seems like he thinks he's just God's gift to the planet. He just has that aura kind of around him, doesn't he? Isn't it funny that the guy who's in Morbius thinks that he's like a superior human being? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, let me check yourself just a little bit. The guy that probably did the worst rendition of the Joker is somehow By feeling far the worst. I mean, give me Cesar Romero from the Adam West Batman with his mustache painted. <laughs> yeah, with the mustache. <laughs> yeah, way better than his version of the Joker. God, that was so bad. So um, bad. I will say, I'm just going to pinpoint one. This list was really uh, important for me because as I scrolled through it, I don't think I've ever talked about this on pod and I'm not embarrassed to say this, but Jillian Anderson is like in my top three celebrity crushes. I don't care that she's 20 years older than me. She's great. She's insane. So the fact that she had a good interaction with a fan made me like her more. Um, and the only one that really kind of surprised me was Bill Nye. Um, Someone, and again, this could be just kind of like the what we talked about at the beginning, where it was just some weird, off-the-cuff interaction <sighs> that day. But someone had a bad interaction with Bill Nye. I, I wanted to say that he probably seemed like a likable dude, but yeah. And the worst part about his is the person said, and if you th- this will be linked in the podcast episode, but he's number seventeen on the list. Is his like actions were like inappropriate and and sexually charged, which is like right. really disappointing to hear. Like, gross, dude. Don't do that. Yeah. But then, like, you read that Barbara Streisand <clears throat> is on the worst list. Like, anyone surprised by that one? Nobody. No. Nobody. Which, like, that's a person where it's like, get in touch, bro. Like, you haven't been relevant for, like, 40 years. <laughs> Kevin Jonas is on the good list. I, that cool. doesn't surprise me. He's my favorite of the Jonas Brothers. He threw out the first pitch last night at the uh, Texas Rangers game, and it was like a 70-mile-an-hour strike from the pitcher's man. <laughs> they sign him for a single A that moment. <laughs> yeah, most most celebrities are like, yeah, we'll throw it from like in front of the mound. He's like, no, move. I'm going to do this from the 60 feet 6 inches, and you might want to put your catcher's gear on, bro, because I'm shoving it. Love it. That's good so to always, always interesting. And again, take these reactions with a, a grain of salt, because like we said, you never know the circumstances around seeing someone. Like, I'm not the nicest guy in the world, but if you, like, ran up to me at a, you know, in the produce section at a grocery store, I might be like, dude, what are you doing? Right. Get out of my face. Can I just buy these tomatoes, please? Right. All right, Lance, anything you want to leave the people with for episode 19 in our halftime show for uh, 2023 summer break? No, I am, uh, like I said, enjoying summer break. Glad we still have another month of it. Uh, I want to tell you. Have fun on your trip. I know you're leaving in a couple days. Go enjoy. Thank you. Hopefully it's not 
hotter there than it is here. But I can't imagine. We are closer to the equator, so I'm tr- I'm trying to melt myself. For really? Sure. I got to tell you, put the SPF on, man. Because when we went to Mexico, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And I, I put it on like in the morning, but then I didn't reapply. Not a good idea. Yeah, my th- the worst move for me would be like getting sunburnt the first day and then the rest of the trip I'm just nursing like mm-hmm. bad burns and pains. Yeah. So slather it on real thick like, but enjoy it. And then uh, will I be seeing you at that Blink concert? Yes, you will. In fact, we were very close to purchasing tickets last night. I was going to text you, but um, I think we'll either do it today or tomorrow, but it is 100% happening. So we'll have to make We're going to get a hotel near the venue because okay. we're coming back earlier that day. And I'm like, if we go home and have to change and all that, we might not make it back out. So we're just going to rally. Rally and exactly. go. <laughs> exactly. We will definitely be in touch about that. Sweet. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to Teachers by Day for Lance. I am your other host, Jeff. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you find your audio podcasts. You can shoot us an email if you have a uh, topic idea for one of our next shows or just a question or something you want us to talk about. We would love to get your feedback. We are at teachersbyday at outlook.com and um, potentially one day coming soon. Some sort of social media could be, but until then, just uh, email us if you need anything. Till next time, we'll see you out there, but not in the classroom yet, maybe on the playground. Peace.